and welcome along to the new music podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm joined today by the wonderful Spy Plane. Thank Hello. you so much for coming in, Hello. Sherry and Joe. Hi. Appreciate your time, guys. It's been about a year or so, I think, since you guys were here for your session, right? I remember it being equally as hot as it is today when, really when you were was. in. Yeah, yeah. So, I was in with Craig as well. You were in That's with Craig the one I remember that. more because that was so hot. Yeah, I know. It does get pretty uncomfortable in here. So, listeners, apologies if you hear some road noise. We've got the windows open. We just can't live with the windows closed, unfortunately. Um, so, standard format, we're going to talk about four of uh, you guys' songs um, and then just delve a bit deeper into... What makes you guys tick as well? Yeah. Okay. Um, so starting off, as always, with the first track today. So the way it is. So tell me about this one. What do the lyrics mean, please? Um, well, they, they're sort of inspired by um, Murakami novels. Uh, we're both great fans of Murakami as an author. And he writes, um, obviously, they're translated from Japanese. And he writes okay. um, some really convoluted stories. And they're quite difficult to get to grips with. But this one was inspired by a novel called Kafka on the Shore. And... Um, it's the character is a character called Hoshino and no matter what Hoshino wants to do he's a good guy he wants the best he tries his hardest and he messes up every time he (laughs) never quite quite gets to where he wants to be never quite gets it right and he wants the best for everybody and this is about how we want the best for our planet how we want to do the best we can how we want to pick up the litter we want to clean the oceans we want to do everything and we don't quite get there. Yeah, no matter what happens, no it, matter what it we do, it right. it's never quite enough. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fascinating. So I, obviously, I didn't didn't know that about you about the uh, the novels that you're into. So what's the normal sort of process with you guys? Is it one of you takes lead on writing, or do you collaborate, or how does it work really with that sort of process? It kind of varies. I mean, that one is an older one um, from before I was in the band. Uh, I don't know how. How did you do that one? Um, it, it came from the lyrics mostly, and that that song definitely came from the lyrics. Yeah. And then um, the melody went on afterwards. Was it a quite case of you sort of read it and immediately thought, "I need to do something with this"? Um, from the character point of view, yeah. As soon yeah. as I started reading about the character, I knew that I wanted to write a song about that more than the lead character, really. Right. Um, and then once the melody came along, the guitar line went down, and since we've had, you know, since Spy Plane has been a four piece. It's evolved really. It started off very folky as a little folk duo, and um, a, a folk duo song, and now it's a proper full four-piece band song. Excellent. So, yeah. I think I find that quite a lot with bands that come in that obviously you know you start something and it just it completely changes the more you perform it. I guess the more you, you see the reaction to the audience or yeah. how you feel about the, the lyrics and stuff. Mm. I guess that's a standard process. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I think some of the uh, some of our songs come about in different ways so sometimes we would just all jam together and something would kind of emerge or someone would come with an idea and I know some of the songs that um, we've got for today have kind of come about in, in those different ways and I, I just I always think that's interesting because I wonder if when people listen to it you kind of get a vibe that you know the creative process wasn't quite the same for each one yeah, I always think that's interesting. When I listen to stuff, you start to think like, "Oh, where did that? How did yeah, they end up I guess with that, that comes output?" From just, yeah, uh, longevity of the band, right, and how things develop over time, and how you know maybe new members of the band come in and new experiences and stuff like that. Yeah, it's I think really so. Yeah, it does. And um, it's, we've got a, a new young drummer at the moment, and he's right. added a complete new dynamic to it. Luca, he's absolutely awesome. I mean, oh, yeah. all, they've all been awesome to be fair. Of we've, course, we've been very lucky with drummers. Um, but Luca, I think because he is, he's very fresh to us as well. 
And so his slant on things is very different from the last drummer. So we're moving a little bit further away from the rock side of things right. and perhaps evolving maybe into something new with Luca, which would be well, lovely. Well, stay tuned for that. <laughs> mm, fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, let's give this first track a listen today then. So this is The Way It Is. guys so back in with spy plane uh before we get into the second track today wasted space a couple of quick questions to you guys so uh let's start with you sherry Mm -hmm. first bit of music that you ever bought or was bought for you gosh well my granddad found an old um bowie um ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars vinyl in an old empty council house in london where he used to work for council and he brought it home and he's like a bit of old rubbish (laughs) and that was it 
uh, I was a, a just committed Bowie fan ever since. Wow. I love seventies Bowie. It, it formed everything about my life. So, so many awesome. musicians. I mean, this is episode number twenty-seven now, I believe we're on, and so many musicians of all ages that have come in have said that Bowie's just the biggest influence yeah. on their careers. Mm. It's obviously no, superb. What a guy. Yeah. Um, same to you, Joe. Uh, first record I bought uh, was the first Rage Against the Machine album. Okay. Because I was angry and a Fuck teenager, sort of, <laughs> sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was just on the back that I was going through uh, the Matrix phase. Oh, nice. Okay. As we all did. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have a long coat, did you? Like, I did. Ankle length. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I've still got it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, Sherry. First live music you saw, and not like a band around the corner. I mean, like first big artist you went to see live. Um, that would have been Genesis up at Wembley. It was the first big, big one. Wow! Um, on their on their um, Invisible Touch tour, and um, yeah, I, I love Genesis. I like early Genesis the best, I guess. But I mean, seeing them live in a big stadium like Wembley was yeah, pretty awesome. but it was amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Joe, um, I'm really finicky. I haven't been at that many gigs. Oh, surprisingly. Really? Okay. Like big ones. Um, I can't remember what the first one was, but it was. Possibly ocean size, in maybe two thousand six or something, or Cardiacs, who are my favourite band in the world. Okay. And uh, my friends in Witch Doctor, I don't think have seen them, and they don't play anymore, and they hate me because I've seen them <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many, so many bands that uh, I sort of didn't go and see. You know, the obvious ones, Oasis, for example, that you're just never going to get a chance to see. Got to yeah. go and see those. See, see them when you can. Yeah. Got to go. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was very lucky. Um, two of my absolutely favourite bands, Pearl Jam, I saw in 2010. And I've been waiting to see Placebo. And they don't gig very often in England. They tend to do Europe most of the time, right. which is out of my price range. Yeah. And they came to Brighton. So I finally got to see Brilliant. Placebo on their 20th anniversary tour. Oh, fantastic. Is, it was amazing. That's yeah. great. Um, so based on what you just said, Joe, this might be the, the, the answer to the next question. Then. Okay. Any song or musician or, or, or band that you just cannot stop playing right now? Something that's on repeat on your uh, Spotify? Right or? now? Uh, it's not them, actually. Okay. It, it has been them for... A, probably a solid like 10 years <laughs> from when I was like 16 um, at the moment I'm into this jazz guitarist called Julian Large um, he's just awesome he reminds me a lot of um, like some other guitarists that I really like like John Schofield but he's quite sort of um, jazzy but really quite sort of self-deprecating as well there's no kind of like you know elitist pomp that you okay. get from a lot of jazz like right. he's really like straight up and he he's done he kind of like spans all the different kind of possibilities of genres as well like he, he'll do all the all the kind of old school smooth stuff um but he does this kind of like weird dissonant sort of funky stuff and he's been doing these sort of um uh, duets but they're kind of like bluegrass type things which okay. is, is not my thing at all but when I hear those two guys doing it with a guy called Chris Eldridge um, it's just so so fresh and so nice and so kind of like uh, if you get a chance to watch them on YouTube you really should just for not just because they're just amazing players but to see the kind of interaction because they're improvising and stuff and Brilliant. the kind of connection that's going on there is just just so nice. Okay. Sherry, what about you? Anything that you're hooked on right now? 
Um, I think as soon as the sun starts shining, I get into the Be Good Tanyas all okay. over again. Again, country music isn't really my thing, and they sort of cross over into that Americana style. Um, and Frazee Ford, the lead singer, um, I just love the lyrics. I t I, I'm all about the words and the lyrics, and her words are beautiful, and they're, they're, very, they, they're like in turn haunting and touching and comical, and she sings from the point of view of the whole very unpolitically correct white trash America okay. right through to the whole spectrum of um, you know oppression and women's rights and everything like that and I like her for her um, for her gumption um, um, one of the um, who's Sarah some American politician lady Palin that's the one <laughs> yeah um, hijacked one of her songs and used it for her sort of walking in music oh God. right okay and she took it to court and sued the backside of her because she said how dare you I don't agree with your positive yeah. you dare do that and that I just, happens so yeah. often you hear those stories all the time they just hijack these songs and use them want. for their own ends and she really did take her to town Excellent. and I just thought well, you I like that <laughs> but they're, they're just a really cool little band there's only three of them and they play banjos and Brilliant. and and steel guitars and they're great oh, I love yeah. it what a great sound fantastic um, all right, guys, let's just bring it back to uh, today's songs then. So the next song we're playing today, Wasted Space. Tell me about this one. Um, well, the words, um, it's about somebody who's fallen down on his luck um, and has ended up living on the streets. And it's just about the fact that it is a waste of a life and how it's so easy to fall into that and that you can't look forward if you're in that situation and it's too painful to look back. And really the, the fragments that surround you are the, th the only things you have left there are just these little tiny shattered shards of, of a life that should have been something else wow so, yeah. nice sounds deep <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we, we should is this one of the new ones did you say sorry or this is is this one of the old ones it's a, it's a newer old one newer old one so well, we should yeah, explain it's, it's we're not playing somewhere. any of your most yeah, recent stuff because um, it's not quite ready yet it's, not from this it's one of the ones yeah. that um, started with the bass first um, and I always think that those those ones, because we've got a few of those, they kind of sound quite different to the others. Because I always find if, if you're uh, sort of listening in to the bass, the bass is the main focal point. As a guitar player, what you play is often not what you usually play, is what I find. I'm not articulating it very well. <laughs> but when the, when the you know, you're kind of used to the bass just being that fundamental kind of underpinning for sure. maybe like the chords or something, but in this scenario, the bass is the chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that that kind of creates a different kind of vibe and a different yeah, sort of space within the, the yeah, different it, sort of, It's kind of like a rev role reversal almost. Yeah, yeah. I always fantastic. find that kind of approach quite interesting. Nice, nice. All right, well, let's get into this one then. So, this is the second track today Wasted Space. <laughs>
wasted life so full of promise Left by the side of dusty roads Tumbled shacks not looking forward Never reaching back Okay then, guys. So we're back in with uh, Vo- uh, Volpine no, Hero. Oh my goodness! Today. I just had that on my mind. I literally just said I don't cut out mistakes. I'm gonna leave that mistake in. With Spy Plane, I'd actually forgotten, Joe. That's what I was just thinking as I was speaking there. I forgot that you came in with Craig Volpine Hero yes. before you came in the Sherry. Totally slipped my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that session. I remember you guys asked me to name one of the songs, and oh, I yeah. named it the most obvious name from uh, some of the yeah. lyrics. Didn't get used. <laughs> My name didn't get used. I, it's fine. I didn't have any part of that. That was Craig. <laughs> Craig's uh, 
Yeah. Kingpin. Kingpin, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, so the next one we're going to talk about long goodbyes. So we're going to jump into that in a minute. But uh, yeah, do you want to talk a bit about, about you for a second, Joe? Um, and your studies and the things that you're doing. And every musician I've had in here, everyone who will be listening to this, almost certainly that from the local area, knows Joe. Really? Yeah. Oh, mate, you're famous around Kent. Do they say horrible things? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, they say you're the most knowledgeable person that knows everything there is to know about, <laughs> about music. And, and I, even to, to this day, the amount of sessions I've, I've done since you were in last and you told me something about the amps and how you should always mic it up at the front, never plug in at the back because you get a better quality sound from the front. And a little bit of knowledge there, kept it this last year or so. <laughs> Tell me, what what is the studies that you're doing? It seems like you're becoming a kind of like a professor of music or something like oh, that. Oh, right? not yet. I'm doing a PhD. So should I finish it, I'll be a doctor. Okay. Which would be nice, I suppose. <laughs> um, so will you teach teach after you've got this qualification? I don't really know. Um, I probably shouldn't say that in case my supervisors are listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know because I think it's it's one of those things because I've been doing it because I work full time. I've been studying part time and it's it's just a lot to do all the things all the time. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing it since 2014, okay. I think. Uh, I'm supposed to be finishing emphasis on supposed to be <laughs> April next year. Right. Uh, but I've got a lot to do. And it's one of those things because there's so much. Um, I mean, I, I love writing the music for it and I love doing the the kind of writing sort of academic writing because you kind of you're always learning stuff and you're always getting a new kind of outlook uh even if you're not reading up on music i think that's the kind of philosophy side of it has been one of the most interesting sides because you kind of get really sort of interdisciplinary about it and you know i've been kind of getting into sort of stuff that's kind of like so far removed from music but it does all feed in however tenuously <laughs> right, okay. and uh but i think you know being in kind of like academic mode for so long i'm not sure i think i want a break at least right okay. before i think about yeah fair enough. doing any more H- i want to write some songs you know how, how has your past sort of led to this because you know just just from the music that i've seen you play obviously spy plane and volpon heroes mm. it's not quite as as jazzy as the sort of things that you're studying and yeah so how, you know how did your what what happened when you were you a child prodigy picking uh, no. up a guitar at three years <laughs> no, old? <and> no, <laughs> no, uh, I didn't start playing until I was like sixteen. Okay, um, and it was just I don't know. I think because because of the things I was listening to, I liked a lot of uh, stuff that anything that was a little bit kind of off the wall. So I like prog rock and I like jazz, and I've always kind of been into things like that um, and things of interest in rhythms. That was sort of what my when I did my undergrad degree was I always lent towards that stuff and drummers always hated me for it and stuff and uh so when I did my master's there was sort of more of that and then it felt like the next logical thing would be uh what about crazy rhythms except everybody has a different one and none of them <laughs> fit together properly <laughs> okay and also they have to like fit together but they don't. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just felt like kind of that. But, I mean, a, a lot of stuff that's kind of in that sphere is quite avant-garde, but I kind of, because I listen to mostly sort of, um, I suppose, fairly commercial stuff, albeit niche, um, I still wanted things to be quite kind of tonal and accessible and for people to be able to listen to it for the first time and kind of like 
be able to enjoy it in a kind of like um i suppose commercially sort of accessible sense right. even though it's it's quite weird <laughs> <laughs> so there's kind of a sensibility there is what i'm hoping is is going across i know you've you've heard some bits yeah i saw I some bits if you found that i, I really loved it I, I loved it you know it's, i'm not a huge fan of jazz i wouldn't put jazz music on mm. just to listen to it i've had lots of jazz musicians in the studio here and but the video I saw was just fantastic. I, I quite like the setup of it as well, how the crowd were, Thank the you, audience yeah. were in the middle and you guys were around the edge and someone was up a staircase. And Oh, that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, no, thank really you. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was one. Um, it was, with that one, um, I just got the opportunity to, they said, you know, do you want to write a piece for a string quartet? So I said, yeah. And I like doing that anyway. I never studied orchestration, but um, I just kind of do things that I think sound good. Yeah. And with that, as with most of the pieces I've been doing, they're kind of polytemporal. So each of those players had their own tempo rather than traditionally there'd be one tempo, you know, if you think like a metronome and mm -hmm. everybody kind of works off that fundamental yeah. structure. Uh, in that piece, everybody's kind of metronome is different. They've all got click tracks in their headphones. Okay. Uh, so they're all playing different things. So it kind of... It was actually their idea to to position everybody in a different part of the room. Okay. And uh, yeah, there, is there it was so that maybe if you're over here, then this makes sense. But if you're in the middle, hearing the whole thing, yeah, maybe kind it makes of for sense as well. Yeah, so everybody's kind of in their own little zone in yeah. their bubble of of rhythm, but things do kind of move together and be apart and be together and then split up and at different parts of the piece. But having things separated sort of spatially, I thought was it worked well because the audience could kind of wander around and okay. be their own sort of mix engineer. So sure. if you kind of went towards this player, then it's kind of like, you know, adjusting the faders yeah, on a desk. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, people done. really like that one. So that's, that was cool. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's bring us back into the third track today. So, um, Sherry, Long Goodbyes. Long Goodbyes. Tell yeah. me about this one. It's just a very pretty song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's one of my favourite ones for the melody. Okay. It's, it is just very pretty, and it's just about how we spend all of our time getting ready to kind of, for the next thing, that we don't actually enjoy the thing we're doing. So we just spend all our time saying goodbye to something or looking forward to something when really we should think about what we're My doing. My goodness, how true is that? It's so true, isn't yeah, it, of, of everybody? <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. I, we chose to put this one in simply because it really is one of the, I think, one of the prettiest songs that we've come up with. Fantastic. Yeah. I think it surprises people at gigs as well because we can yeah. be a bit sort of like... Raucous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heavy-handed. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but like, yeah, when we play this one, it's usually towards the end of a set. And yeah. People are always a bit like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I do, I do quite like it sometimes when, cause, you know, the purpose of the podcast is it's not we're not trying to be too deep here and change the world or anything, but you know, we're trying to delve into the meaning behind the lyrics. And I do quite like it sometimes when when a band just says to me, I just really liked it. I just started playing it. I liked it, and that was it. Yeah. I had uh, we were talking before we press record uh, today, listeners, and we we're talking about the Ovines that you guys recently played with, and and I had uh, Matt from the Ovines on podcast recently. And one of the tracks that they did, they just wrote it in their very first session ever playing together, mm. in like five minutes. That's brilliant. And obviously they've you know tweaked yeah. it as time has gone on, and it just it just sounded good, so they went with it. Yeah, it's great. Sometimes, as I say, I mean, like as I say, when when I'm talked about, kind of just trying to be have something that was kind of accessible when you write it a, a lot of stuff i find is 
in the kind of more avant-garde sort of realm is the kind of stuff where um, it almost has to be explained before anybody can listen to it and get it. Right. Whereas, you know, I really like the approach, that approach that, you, you know, you've just said where it's kind of like, well, it was just, there it is, you know. It's just it's just nice. a simple thing yeah. and it's it's cool and Absolutely. that's it. Like, you don't need yeah. to know about it. It's yeah. just that's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. A friend of mine said that, that years ago the art was there for people who couldn't read. So all the message was put into the artworks. They could look at a painting and know who the person was just by what was painted. Yeah. Whereas now, you need a degree to know what the art's about. It's, it's completely True. turned on its head. You have to yeah. you know, you have to be quite learned, really, to walk into an art gallery and understand what the paintings are about. I suppose you do. Yeah, I'd never really thought of it like that. I suppose, I suppose I've always thought of kind of any art, really, as you just take your own interpretation. But, you, but you're right, of course. Yeah. But it should well, be. You're expected, aren't you? You're, you're kind of like expected to... You have to read about yeah. it before you know what it's about right, it's not yeah. actually implicit it's not explicit in the actual painting yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's nicer if you can have an output that's sort of it's that but the other way around so yeah. you, you can get it you know on the first listening or the first viewing or whatever it's a piece of art and and really love it or really appreciate it and then maybe if you learn more about it after then it just heightens you see it. more layers yeah. yeah I love that yeah you know. yeah that's how it should be I guess but I suppose there's a bit of a snobbery with art and maybe there should be you know just to keep it not elitist is the wrong word, but you know, just I don't know what I'm trying to say, but but <clears throat> I don't know. I suppose I suppose it should be open to everybody. Art should be open to everybody, of I course. Think, I think I know what you mean. It's kind of like a. Um, it probably sounds a bit sort of uh, wrong to say that you know you shouldn't need an explanation to something to get it, but it's probably one of those where the kinds of things where you you do need an explanation first of the kind of things that sort of end up taking it forward, yeah. you know, and evolving it. Yeah. So yeah. there's probably a lot of, a lot of stuff that was like that, but now we don't see it like that because it was like that when it was new. Yeah. Right. Right. And now it's kind of like an accepted sort of thing that people just are in that. Yeah. Mode. Yeah, definitely. I don't like know. Song, which is just a pretty song. I was just going to say, yeah, so bringing it right back to the pretty song. I don't even know if I play it right. I didn't write this one. So. <laughs> well, let's give it a listen and, uh, and make up our mind, shall we? Uh, so this is the third song today. This is Long Goodbyes. Too long ago. 
then so back in with spy plane got the name right this time <laughs> finally sorry guys <laughs> uh, so the fourth track life after life we're going to jump into in a minute so we briefly touched on on the songwriting so when you're writing new material is it the two of you that take 
the lead on it do, do any have any other input from other members of the band or is it maybe you sherry more so or i think it's different each time it, it has been yeah um yeah so sometimes maybe someone will bring something like yeah. a riff or something like that okay or uh one of the songs we like that's a new one uh rememory was we had the melody first mm. and the vocal line first and we hadn't worked like that before yeah and that was quite cool yeah, and like, uh, like Joe was saying before, that um, some of the songs um, started off with a bass line. Yeah. And they, those ones, they do sound very different from the other ones that we've... Um, yeah, of course. ...that we've, been, that we, we've, we've written. Um, and then the ones that start off with a melody line um, tend to be... Maybe they start off a little bit more gentle because it comes from the vocal line and then these guys get hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> Mess it up. <laughs> um, and now, as I said, we've got Luca in the band. He's pushing all the time for a lot more... Um, it, exciting things and with him and Joe get together and, and they're right. looking at different time signatures and it's all, be, all can get a little <laughs> bit nuts um, so we're sort of yeah. moving a little bit maybe down the prog, prog side of things just a touch Okay. and um, we've got a new album hopefully coming out in the summer Fantastic. we'll keep on talking about because hopefully yeah. it will get out there oh definitely yeah keep Absolutely, showing that around yeah. and, Absolutely. Um, so some of the new stuff that so we, we couldn't be we're waiting for it to sort of get mastered of course. and stuff but um, that kind of really has moved away from the folk side of things altogether. So it's a bit, it's proper, you know, very rocky. And so, um, and going back, so you, you've been involved in music your whole life, is it? Or Not is my whole life, no. Um, maybe 20 odd years, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started off as a backing singer in a soul band right. and went out to earn a crust, really, keep a roof over my head. Yeah. And um, I went from there. And then eventually I, I, f I joined um, an originals band with a guy called Stuart Tabram, who I still reckon is one of the greatest songwriters I've been able to work with. He, really? His songs are beautiful. And um, we were in a band together called Blue Union, and that was very bluesy. And um, from then, then that sort of folded. That was up in Medway, and it was very difficult for me with children to get to those sort of things. So I met up with Carl. And um, he was the we worked as we just sort of built Spyplane really, and that was about ten, well that was exactly ten years ago. Oh really? Our tenth anniversary of Spyplane. Wow! And then when Carl moved away, Joe very ably filled his boots. How long ago was that? Um, 2011 wasn't it? Was it? Okay. Yeah. 2012, yeah, maybe so six years. Excellent. Yeah. It's a pretty established band it by really now. Is. Yeah. I didn't realise it ten years that it's ten going. years. And like I say it started off as a folk duo. Yeah. That's just acoustic. Okay. And we we did a lot of busking, a lot of busking in London, a lot of the folk scene in London. Yeah. And now it's 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 a fully fledged sort of proper four piece rock band and um we you know, we have great fun with it. <laughs> do you, do you remember the first bit of music you ever wrote? Was it for spy pain or have you been writing I wrote, I've been writing poetry all my life okay um, and a lot of the very first spy plane songs came from those poems right so I mean it was in the days of cut and paste where you really got a pair of scissors <laughs> and cut the lines up <laughs> oh, and really? stuck them into a new piece of paper so we cut and pasted all, a lot of, of my old poetry and Carl would just weave these beautiful um, melodies around them and um, yeah, it went from there. So fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Um, all right, well, let's get into our final track today before we take on the five-minute song challenge. Uh, the final track today, "Life After Life." Tell me about this one. What about this one? Um, <laughs> I think this is another one where it started with the bass. Um, yeah, again, there's, you, there's a bit of a kind of a role reversal thing there. Alec, who used to be in the band, he played this kind of. It's essentially a chord progression that you might expect from a guitar part he um, played on the bass so that kind of uh, mm. shaped how it moved along a bit this is Alex you say 
your husband, Alex. Absolutely, yeah. He from um, from Pandemonium. Pandemonium of course, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah really cool band. Recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he was our bass player for a while. Right, okay. And he he was he wanted to be in a prog band, so yeah. we lost him. And we've now got John Smith, who also plays with the Flame Pilots. Okay, cool. So, um, but yeah, Alex was in the band for about a year, and um, he wrote uh, quite a few of the bass lines that went with some of the songs. Um, so yeah, but this one sort of comes in with really heavy toms, tom drums at the beginning, and that's kind of like the vibe we wanted for it. It's it's quite sort of the, the drums are quite pronounced all the way through this one. And, and the lyrics, it's a song about um, for my friend Lusa, who I knew in the 80s. Okay. Um, and she was an absolute inspiration. Uh, she was a, sadly no longer with us, but um, she was at Greed and Common for a while, and I was 15 and very easily mm. led. <laughs> so she led me into all sorts of really, really wonderful, exciting times at Greed and Common. So, yeah, it's pretty Fabulous, cool. fabulous. I like that. I like that when there's a story behind it for a person. You know, I've had a few songs on the podcast which are kind of tributes to someone. It's always nice to... You know, have because it's kind of there forever, isn't it? You know, if it you, is. you yeah, put it out yeah, nice. on Spotify or something like that, or YouTube or whatever, it's yeah. it's just a permanent sort of thing. Um, all right, well, let's give this one a listen then, and then we'll be back shortly with the uh, with the five minute challenge. So, final track today. This is Life After Life.
All right then, here we go. Back in with Spy Plane and the five minute song challenge. Looking forward to this, guys. Okay. Fabulous. All right, floor's yours. Please okay. take it away. These are the waves that take us Throw us back to shore and break us Do we really want to know how far we will go? And these are the tides that send us Deep into their arms and mend us do we really understand just what we know? So take me to the edge of the end of the world Let me fly high into the sun Oh, take me to the edge of the end of the world Will we ever learn from all the things we've done? Absolutely fantastic. When I started this, I, I hoped I would get amazing quality songs like that was. And I know that every musician who comes in thinks that it's it's the most simple thing that you're writing. Really that was so good. <laughs> Honestly, that was so good. Thank you Thank so you. much, guys. It's a very shaky focus in it as well. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But for five minutes, you know, what an effort. Amazing. Oh, Thank, Thank you so you. much for coming yeah. in, guys. We didn't even talk about the previous songs that you've done on Seaside Sessions, featuring my one of my all-time favourite Seaside Sessions songs, Bring Me Your Life. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Beautiful song from Brilliant last year. Well. So, <laughs> listeners, go and check out uh, Spy Plane Session for Four tracks are on uh, YouTube and Facebook right now. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate your time coming along today. Love it, love it. Thank you, guys. And listeners, don't forget to go and give us those ratings on the iTunes store and all that sort of stuff. That's how we grow. Help, help us, and tell your friends about it and all that sort of business. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) 